getting older sucks, but midlife doesn't have to. I'm your host, Caroline Fardig, here to bring a weekly hour of fun to the middle children of society, Gen Xers. Together, we'll navigate midlife like it's 1999. Welcome to the wrong side of 40. Welcome back to The Wrong Side of 40. I'm your host, Caroline Fardig, and I have my friends Kayla Ye and Carolyn Ritter Aspenson here today to talk buying houses and all things books. My son, Will, is going to teach us the art of proper emoji use, and Nicole Kristoff is back with a book recommendation. Plus, you'll get to meet one of my besties, Jennifer Vinson, while we talk beauty tips. Let's get started. Don't Call Me Boomer is a segment dedicated to helping those of us on the wrong side of 40 relate better to those on the right side of 40. And making for damn sure we never get called Boomer again. All right, welcome back to Don't Call Me Boomer, or I guess as we should say, Don't Call Me Old. But we're going to stick with Boomer for now. I say old. Boomer's fine, though. And my son, Will, is back. Everybody, welcome, Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen you in a long time. Exactly. All right, so today, Will is going to walk us through emoji use proper emoji use and what maybe we need to like maybe stop using because it's cringy or what we may want to start using because it's cool and it's what the kids are doing the problem is that there are just two different realms of like like it's what the adults use on facebook and what the kids use everywhere else because there's no kids on facebook and if they're on facebook i got some bad news for you (laughs) all right (laughs) so so let's okay let's talk we were talking about the uh, laughing crying emoji the one yeah the the classic everyone's I mean, everyone's seen it. No one uses it. Everyone's seen it, though. I mean, that's that's the quintessential, like, like th- that's like adults use that kids don't. It's just it, it kind of fell into like a a, ba- a bad place in the past couple of years where it's just like it's too it's too lame to even come across as like I'm wow. laughing right now. I'm crying laughing right now. That's Ooh. not even what it means. It's just cringy. What in the world do we do? I mean, LOL is something that, you know, you say I shouldn't use anymore. For the well, most I part. think you just need like the driest, like sarcasticness of your text or not sarcasticness, but just like the dry humor of your text to come across because you mean if you end every text with the laughing things, you're having a funny conversation. You might as well just say your thing and let them laugh at the thing. You don't need to tell them that you're laughing. Oh, and so when even people though just do I'm it back and forth, back and forth, it's just like you could, if everyone has it, no one has it. You could just remove them and it would be the same conversation. But what if I really need to get across the point that I am laughing and lolling? I was, I mean, I guess you can say, well, I said, I typed that in a message today, unfortunately. Ah. It, like, my, not in the, not So in the, we've circled back to lol. I don't, I, I circled back to it. I thought it was funny. Okay, so uh, even LOL is better than the laughing, crying emoji. Yeah, because there's just something so awful about it, because it's just, it's been so, like a part of the internet for a long time to where it's like, when you see that, you know, it has to be an old person or someone who does not know how to use their phone. Okay, so guys, the laughing, crying emoji, that just shows that you're old. So. You heard it here first. <laughs> no more of use of that. So anything else that we might not use as an emoji or just, should we just quit using emojis? I mean, is that what you're kind of getting at here? No, there's some that's like, I, I feel like the only reason you want to use them is for like, like heart eyes and stuff for like pictures of dogs Definitely and stuff. Definitely, Definitely that. That's, that's a classic. Like yes. if someone sends you a dog, you send the heart or like the whatever. Uh, the Definitely. Poop. The poop? Uh, the poop is funny, but it's more of like, it's more <laughs> of like, a, like an ironic. It's, it's not a, but you don't put it and mean it. You put it because it's like funny. Like, like I oh, have to poop. You don't use it. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, I have to poop emoji. You would just <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's more to get a laugh. It's not like, like Got it's it. his own joke because it's such a unique. True. Yeah. Like don't slip in the word poop for a poop emoji because that's just. That's just redundant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I guess. 
So, and, but is there one that we could use and not be too terribly lame? As an adult, uh, no, I really, it really boils down mm. to just, you got the, you got the hard eyes for the dogs. You got the sad ones for like people's like posts where they're like, so-and-so like is in the hospital or whatever. And you comment like the crying one a little bit. Ooh, that's kind of cringy. Well, don't like, doesn't like, like, like grandparents do that on their posts. You know, they, they like, they put like the, like sending lots of love and then like the, the one with like the tear on the eye. You know what I mean? Mm, I mean, I don't. Okay, well, if I mean, it's something serious, like, you know, somebody's in the hospital or something, I definitely do not use any emojis whatsoever. Yeah. Some or maybe people, a heart if it's like, oh. Yeah, the heart. Yeah. The some heart. people don't have the tact, and I think that a lot of old folk kind of do that. Okay. I've, I've seen just, like, funny posts that I don't think are, like, completely real, but where people will use the laughing one with the tears coming out of its eyes. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. It's, where like, it's, they think they're crying, but they're really uh-huh, laughing. And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just looks terrible because you go down the comments, and it's just like... Okay. Sending love, crying face. Like, I'm so sorry <laughs> okay. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what about the the hands that are together? They Some people think they're praying hands, but are they really a high five? I typed in the word prayer or pray or something, and it, it auto-changed to the hands. Because it, like, okay. auto-fills them in now. I think it is... Because you can't... They made it so that you can't change the skin tones of the emojis where it's like there's more than one person in it because then they'd have like infinite combinations, blah, 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 because they have five different tones for every emoji. Okay. But for the hand, the prayer one, you can change the skin tone. So it implies it's the same person's hand because whenever there's more than one person, you can't change it. Oh, okay. But whenever there's only a single person, then you can change it because if you had to have like five options times five more options, that'd be too many like things for them to keep track of on a keyboard. So it's not two people, two different people. It's not two people high-fiving. It's a Got it. It's It's one person. Yeah. Okay. So it is, in fact, a prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would work for, like, sending prayers, I guess. But that's, I don't know. Maybe maybe just be like. Yeah. 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 So, again, you heard it here. Yeah. (laughs) You heard it here first. Stop using emojis. (laughs) Thank you very much, Will. Thank you. I have Kayla Yeh in my studio today. Welcome, Kayla. What's up? Kayla is a realtor here in Southern Indiana with Keller Williams. And she's had some interesting experiences in her career path that have brought her to being a realtor. She started out in the healthcare industry and decided to branch out of her comfort zone and into a career of real estate. She currently lives in Newburgh with her loving husband and two beautiful daughters and three golden retrievers. And she loves helping people find their dream home. Welcome, Kayla. Thank you. So how did you get into real estate? I mean, I know I said a little bit about it, but like how? So I was working in the ER and oh, wow. yeah, it was very, very, very fast paced. And it's kind of like, it's not for everybody. It would not um, be for me. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and you were a nurse. Well, I, that's the funny thing. So I was an EMT and I was one semester from finishing nursing school. Okay. And I was just burned out already. I'd been at the ER for four years. Um, so I just kind of decided like, one of my friends, he was actually a nurse in the ER and he was a real estate agent as well. And I was seeing seeing him just like bringing in all this money. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, do I want to be a nurse? <laughs> like, do I want to do this the rest of my life? And that's when I met my husband mm-hmm. and um, he works for Deaconess and he was doing rounds that day. Um, and that's how I met him. And we started dating and then he ended up going and surprising me and buying me the real estate class because... I wasn't brave enough to take that step on my own because it's kind of a sink or swim, you know, like you don't know if you're going to do well. And if you don't, there's no floor, there's no ceiling, but there's no floor. Yeah. Like, you know, you can make a lot of money. You can make zero. Like there's, so it's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I have two little girls, so I couldn't just quit where I was at. Mm-hmm. But he had faith in me and got me to class, got me started, and I literally finished that class in like two weeks. Like it's oh, it's, wow. it's it's like a year long class. It was online, and I just sat at my computer for hours a day oh, wow. <laughs> trying to like get through it so I could become a real estate agent. And I sold I think four homes in my first couple of months. And Whoa. he's like, "Why don't you quit Deaconess and focus mm-hmm. on real estate?" And I think I about cried. I'm like, "Are you serious?" Like, mm-hmm. so that's where it all started. He's supported me 100 percent since then and he takes a lot of pressure off me because he's kind of like whatever you do is fine you know mm-hmm. so I think that gives me like a better it I don't have to pressure people mm-hmm. or you know if they don't buy, want to buy right now that's fine like I go at their pace so that's like that's a good. gift I have that's really yes, good because yes. a lot of times you don't get that it's like somebody's already made an offer on it and you know that that's not true but they'll tell you that anyway you know I hate that in this market it is true. well this market <laughs> yeah. okay the, yeah like, back in the day when back I the used day, to though, like yes, buy yes. and sell houses every once in a while yeah yes <laughs> yeah so okay so what has been the hardest part about being a real estate agent the hardest part is it's a big roller coaster ride. So you're you're oh. gonna have like I, I remember my first year I had eight pendings and six fell through. Oh no! So in my head I had all this money coming and mm-hmm. I kind of already spent it prematurely because I'm like oh my gosh I made so much money mm-hmm. and then they fell through and then I'm like oh my gosh like I just spent that money that's not even gonna come to me now. Oh wow! So I was okay, kind of yeah. learning how to budget like that. Sure. Um, I got there, but it took me a minute learning how to budget something that's not consistent. All so, right. So that's the not fun part. What's the <laughs> what's the fun part? The fun part is kind of making your own schedule. Even though oh, that is good. you're kind of always on call, <laughs> even when you're on vacation. And at Pickleball. And at Pickleball. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm know, always seeing her on her phone and... <laughs> selling houses at Pickleball. <laughs> um, but the cool thing is you can do it. You don't always have to be, you know, you can do it from home or you can do it from the beach. You can do a lot of it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one cool thing about it is I can kind of make my own schedule out and be, make sure I don't miss any of my kids' events and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's very important. Good. Yeah. So speaking of the beach, (laughs) most of us on the wrong side of 40, especially me, will likely downsize or retire to the beach (laughs) um, or move to be closer to our kids or whatever at some point Mm -hmm. in the next few years. So now putting your realtor hat on, what are the most important things we can do to our homes now to get them ready to sell for top dollar? The biggest thing I always have my clients look at if um, they're not handy or not wanting something to like fix up, Mm -hmm. I always... Look at the age of the roof. Make sure the foundation's good. HVAC, is it updated? How old is it? Okay. Um, those are the big, you know, the big ticket items that you want to make sure. Okay. That's taken care of. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of like the simple things. You just want to make sure that the structure is good. and. Okay. So like... I mean, I was fully expecting you to be like, oh, well, you need to paint or get new carpet so or that's kind you know, of, cosmetic yeah, stuff. It, that's the thing. Used to, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like nowadays, like people are like, okay, that's just cosmetic. Okay. So they, I think they really can able to see... see. Some people, sometimes you have to paint a picture for someone like, okay, picture this room with the walls gray and the trim white. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's an easy fix. And it's right. kind of just putting the idea in their head. Because the bad thing, if I mean, if it's like there's writing all over the walls, yeah, you probably oh, need sure. to paint it. But if it's just a color that maybe like, you know, like there was a house that had like a green wall and it wasn't like screaming green or anything. Mm-hmm. And they're like, should I paint it? And they can, but the next person that comes in might not like the color they paint it. You know, they paint it gray. They might mm-hmm. not want that. So I'm like, okay. 
as long as it's not like a sloppy job, I would say usually it's fine. Okay. If it's kind of sloppy or bright and screaming at you, maybe paint it. Okay. All right. Well, and that's clean. Be clean. That's really, clean. really okay. huge. All right. Declutter. So that, don't. Okay. I mean, I almost say to strip it down, put a bed, your nightstand, a lamp, keep it, you know. Sure. I mean, you're going to be moving anyway. You might as yeah. well pack up some stuff. People don't yeah. want to see the clutter. They want to be able to see the space. So that's the, sure. that's big. Okay. Well, that are, that is some really good. I was really hoping you would say you need to paint everything like white or something. Cause I want my house <laughs> repainted something awful. And Matt is not one. He's it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't need repainted, you know, it's, but you'll have some just, people come in and be like, I cannot believe they did not paint this. Yeah. I'm so tired have, of the like, next the person will come in and be like, Oh, I love it. You know, yeah, you just don't, you true. can't please everybody. That's true. Well, it would please me to have the house painted, so we might just do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, did you hear that? So yeah. you need to paint your house. Okay, yeah. White. Kayla said. Okay. Okay. All I right. said. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so the right now we were talking about nowadays the demand for homes is high, but the supri- supply is low. And I mean, obviously, the pandemic is kind of the general root cause of all this nonsense. But like, is there something that real estate people know that is like specifically causing the issue like is it honestly when the pandemic hit we were all kind of like what's going to happen to our jobs like what's going to happen to us Mm -hmm. and it ended up being the biggest boom ever sure um interest rates were at an all-time low people Mm -hmm. were able to afford more house and then the inventory people were afraid to sell because they had nowhere to go and that's kind of still where we're at people are afraid to sell because there's nowhere to go okay and now there's some loan programs out there that allow you to, if you have equity in your house, to go ahead and buy and do like a bridge loan okay. so you can buy and then sell because that's been the hardest problem. People might want to sell it, but they have nowhere to go. Got it. Okay. All right. So what, but what about new houses though? Are they building not as quickly maybe because of supply chain and stuff? During the pandemic, the cost of lumber and everything, all the expenses went up. It's, okay. you know, it costs more money to build. There's some good deals out there still, but you really kind of got to shop around and some of the builders are so booked out. Okay. That's going to take you forever. So it's just waiting. It's waiting. Okay. Got it. Because I mean, in our area, it seemed like before the pandemic, just everywhere you look, there were new subdivisions popping Mm -hmm. up, new houses popping up. But like here lately, it's kind of stalled. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I still see them popping up, but yeah. Yeah. Back, yeah, a few years ago, they were just everywhere. All right. So do you like talking about bridge loans and stuff? Do you suggest finding a new home before putting your existing one up for sale? I mean, if you, it depends if you're contingent on having to sell or not. Because ah. three years ago, you could probably put a contingent offer on selling your house and then put your house on the market the next day. And then that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. In today's market, and you can ask for closing costs three years ago. In today's sure. market, it's like over $24,000 over asking. <laughs> um, we want your second child and, you know, all this other stuff. Or we're going to give our second child away. I mean, sure. it's just, I've seen the craziest offers in my life last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So with with the crazy offers, how can we tell if we're getting a fair price? Or can we tell? So that's, you know, that's another good question, but... Everything is kind of going up a little bit. Well, sure. And, you know, if you look at the big picture, you look at the big cities, Nashville, New York, L.A., our cost of living is still really low. And, our, mm-hmm. you know, you can put some of our homes in L.A. and, I mean, they're million, the million-dollar homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still have it nicely made around here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the increase has been so crazy. Like, people that sold a home three years ago or bought a house to sell it now, they're going to probably pocket at least twenty grand. Wow. I mean, it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So what trends do you see in the newer homes that you sell and buy or whatever? What, like what's hot, what's not in home amenities these days? So I've actually been seeing like a lot. So like wallpaper is kind of making a comeback, mm-hmm. but it's different. Like they, you'll see it like in like brick form or like looking like a stone. That's cool. And you can't really even tell it's wallpaper. Like some of this, I'm like touching it. I'm like, is it real? <laughs> like, is this, what is this? And it's wallpaper and it's really cool. So that's kind of come back a little bit. Nice. Okay. Nice. Do you ever see, do you ever see standalone ice makers? Cause it, in my house, like my newest hot home amenity is my standalone ice maker. I, I love it. I cannot live without it. So what kind of ice does it make? It makes like cylindrical cubes. Ooh. It's very cool. I did see one of, one of the houses I just listed had a, a refrigerator that made ice cubes like a ball shape to like put. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I saw that. that. We saw that like right after we got our ice maker. And I was like, oh, if only. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm only. I am starting to see that actually. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm into cool ice. So you'll have yeah. to, you'll have to look for those or whatever i will yeah. my dogs always follow me to the refrigerator and wait for me to drop the ice cubes oh yeah my dogs like <laughs> would love to put their heads just because it's right at their head level they would love to put their heads just in the ice maker but that is where i draw the line i don't i don't often draw the line with my dogs but that is that is one of the lines i draw is the ice i maker. share with my dogs <laughs> share mm-hmm. with what my dogs everything yeah Okay. They can eat my ice cream, whatever. Oh, you mean like your food? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. She's sitting here looking at me like, what? I mean, I love my dogs. so serious. Like, and I'm like, are you serious? Because I know she's like very into her dogs. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so get out your crystal ball. Uh-oh. When do you think that housing prices will drop back down to normal? Or do you think they'll ever drop down to what we would say that's was the normal. question isn't it yeah uh, well they're still kind of going up right now um yeah. interest rates are starting to go back up mm-hmm. rumor has it they might go up a little bit it's already at four already mm-hmm. and it might go a little bit higher than that and last year we saw them as low as 2.5 oh and they wow were really low um but i mean I don't know if it's going to go down. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it might level off a little bit and kind of okay. calm down, but it's got, it's such a seller's market and it's kind of hard to predict that right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, do you see like a huge bubble bursting like back in, what was it? 2000 or whatever with all those loans going upside down or whatever. I've personally been scared of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Some people think that it's going to just, it's going to be fine and dandy and it's, everything's going to adjust mm-hmm. accordingly. I don't know, like, honestly, like, my opinion, like, it kind of scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I always, when I, right now when I sell a house because of the market we're in, and it's kind of an unknown territory, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm like, how long do you plan to live in this house? Like, if it's going to be, like, 10 years, I'm going to feel more comfortable. If you're sure. going to go 20000 over, otherwise, it kind of freaks me out. Okay. Yeah. Um, And that's just me because I don't want to put my clients in a place where they're upside down later down the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But other people believe that it'll kind of level off and everything will be fine. So. Okay. So do you think there are any like major obstacles to the supply increasing, like the supply of houses that are available? I mean, do you see like just people still not wanting to move maybe or, or interest? Do you think interest rates will dissuade people from wanting to. People are already starting to complain. Which is funny when I started the business, interest rates were at five. Okay. And in 2008, they were at 11. So five was really oh, whoa. low I didn't for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And so now everybody got spoiled with 2.5. So now everything's high again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to be an adjustment period. Sure. Okay. All right. So what is your best piece of advice for home buyers? 
home buyer, get yourself an agent that, you know, that actually is not trying to make a quick sale off of mm-hmm. you. Someone that's actually going to care and like go in there and like, if they find something wrong, they're going to fight for you and you're not going to feel pressured at all. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to lose a deal, but at the end of the day, it's a big purchase and you want to make sure that you are buying a house that is not going to have, you know, big ticket items issues. Mm-hmm later on in the future unless you're a handy person and you're looking for that that's that's different so <laughs> yeah it's different that's not my husband's case like he's he's not very handy I'll or mine babe. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta buy it that already works yeah whatever we have to works. buy a house that works <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh outside of work what is your biggest passion um pickleball Oh, all right. Like sport-wise or like kid-wise or like pet-wise? I mean, I have kids. They're my passion, of course. Of course. Of course. And then I have three golden retrievers, so that's my passion, too. Sure, sure. So you have many. the beach. I mean, that's always Oh, yeah. For real. So (laughs) I have lots of passions. Yes, definitely lots of passions. (laughs) Definitely lots of passions. All right. So now we are going to head into our lightning round, which we do with every guest. And uh, you might remember Kayla from our pickleball episode a while back. Um, she and my husband did did a lightning round and I kind won. of argued through the whole thing. But this is just for Kayla, <laughs> so she can she can answer her own question. She doesn't have to be right or first or anything. It's just going to be whatever you say so is going to be Matt, the, no the right and first okay. answer. Yes. Got okay. It. So, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh my gosh, Caroline, that's like <laughs> lightning round. My guilty. Pl- okay, so I like when I go into a house and they're really, really, really messy because it makes me feel like a good housekeeper. <laughs> I'm like, babe, look how good I am at cleaning our house. Uh, well, then you must have felt really good coming out oh, of my house. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> All right. So favorite childhood game? Um, Softball. I mean, that All was right. like the only game I feel like I played. All right. Favorite adult game? Pickleball. Oh, I guess you have to say that, right? If, if that was your passion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we talking about board games? Are we talking oh, about? Can, I, it depends what kind of game you're talking about. Well, do you like pickleball better than like? I don't know. Clue. I mean, I love salt. Yes. I don't like <laughs> okay, <clue>. For example. <laughs> so my husband, they always say they pick games that Kayla can play. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because they don't pick like these long, like mystery games because I just can't sit, sit there and figure okay, it out. So you got to have a fast pace. I want a fast pace win. where I can like you know, win and argue <laughs> and like get there hyped up. Like I don't like to sit there and read okay. games. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So what is your favorite childhood TV show? Dawson's Creek, 90210, Saved by the Bell. Okay, see, Kayla is not quite on the wrong side of 40. Oh. She's like six months away from from 40. So she's going to have a little bit different childhood TV shows. I mean, what would you have said? Like Dukes of Hazard. Oh, I watched that with my grandma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me, let me re-answer that question. So I used to, I've watched every John Wayne movie ever. <gasps> yeah, me too, with my grandmother. Yes, yeah. with my grandmother. Yeah. Um, I've seen all the, uh, lethal weapons and I've seen all the Rambos with my grandmother. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. She's got a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So I can do some John Wayne quotes for you. Right, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, so current binge series. Do I just you got binge? through. I do. And I'm really sad. I just watched Dexter from like start to finish. Ooh, I should watch that. Oh, it's so good. Like it took me a second. I watched The New Blood, which just came okay. out, and then I wanted to figure everything else out. So I'm so sad it's over. So if you have any suggestions, 
Need something to binge now. Okay. Well, I'm watching New Girl right now. I really like. New Is that Girl. good? It's oh, it's super funny. And I, I mean, I I go on these like kind of tangents. Like sometimes I want like like I write mysteries during the day, so like sometimes I want to like do a little research, and so I'm gonna watch something a little bit more hardcore mm-hmm. but then at other times i'm just like i don't want to do anything that has to do with that i yeah. want to be entertained i want it to be it's funny it's all want about it to be the mood fun. you're in yeah absolutely and you know if if it's that then i mean i've got like just this whole list that i could give you i mean like community i mean everybody's seen the office so you know whatever but like brooklyn 99 um i mean i could go on and on but that's a when different i show, need a background a show segment. i just put like Exactly. Oh yeah. We, well, we have comedy central on pretty much all the time. Cause my daughter loves the office and she loves South park. Mm-hmm. So we will watch that. Have you seen Shit's Creek? Yes. Oh, I love it. Yes. Ew, David. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. Oh, but if you want a, a little darker, um, have you seen Kevin can F himself? I can. I, I, I can. I have. Yeah, you have. Okay. All right. So that's a good one. That's a real good one to binge on. Unfortunately, we've only got one scene. So, or one, um, sorry, one that season season. Yeah. Thank you so far, but it's really good. Oh, and her friend, like her, her buddy, her, the, the lady, mm-hmm. the hairdresser. Yeah. She is in my other new favorite series, the righteous gemstones. Really? It is the funniest thing. Oh my gosh. There is so much frontal male nudity it's i mean it's it's what? to the point of comical and then it's to the point of like would you just move this shot and and be done with this see but every time i start watching anything like that my kids like walk in and i'm like oh gosh where's the remote yeah you do have to wait until later for that one even but if i do that they sneak up like they just pop in somehow. it is like seriously the funniest thing okay. oh my gosh okay yeah and it and it's it's got a dark edge to it, but I mean it's just it's just funny. It's okay, I'll have to give it a shot. It is the best. All right, so uh, best thing about approaching the wrong side of forty. What what do you what what is is midlife even, like offering you that maybe your thirties and twenties didn't? I mean I don't even know yet because I'm not there yet. What you're getting there? Oh my I mean, gosh, you know. it's just cocktail out today. <laughs> Jeez, I tell everybody I'm like twenty nine. Um, my body just doesn't do what it used to do like it's not well that's not the best thing oh that's oh, that, that's the, the worst, worst thing, thing is that, that. Okay. okay worst thing is that right. best um, thing. the best thing is um i'm actually starting to travel for the first time in my life cool yes um, that is fun I'm going to vegas and i'm you do travel i just started that's, like three years ago that's and awesome. i've growing up my my trip was always to florida and back and mm-hmm. florida and back and that's all i ever knew mm-hmm. felt safe comfortable and then three years ago i started expanding i went mm-hmm. to california and arizona now i'm going to vegas nice i wanted to go out of country but the pandemic kind of put a wedge in that yeah yeah we're going on a spring break my daughter and i are with the high school we're going to europe so Ooh, we'll see fun if, how, you know. we were supposed to go to italy and then all yeah. that got changed but oh, yeah. and i have my passport for the first time ever too nice so nice you have it ready yeah have it ready whenever you need it you can use it Yep. All right. So speaking of, you know, all these places that you want to visit, where do you want to retire? Funny, because I already, we bought a condo. Oh. It's not even finished being built yet. Um, <laughs> it won't be ready for another three to four years. Well, you won't need it until then. Right. Because I won't be 40 until <laughs> exactly, you are later not. this year, like right. far, 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 far down yeah. the road. But still this year. In six months. It's okay. No, it, I mean, it's basically next, <laughs> next year, basically. Uh, 
So yeah, we, we, we I'm a real estate agent, obviously that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to Daytona and we were staying at a hotel and they were in the process of finishing the hotel and it was, they had like some flyers out saying condos for sale and me being the nosy realtor calls the realtor and says, <laughs> Hey, what, how much are these? And you know, they were like around 200,000 mm-hmm. and that was kind of our five-year plan. Mm-hmm. And so it's on the beach. Well, that's great. It's, yeah. It's amazing. It comes with a uh, washer and dryer kitchen, um, nice. king size bed and a pullout couch that comes into a bed. I'm like, that's all we need. Yeah. And so we put a deposit on that and we don't even have to pay for it for another four years. So our nice. plan is any extra money we get is kind of toss it towards that mm-hmm. and hopefully pay it off in cash. If not, yeah. though, it'll be like $100,000 or less. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty good. That's, that was our five-year plan anyway. So That's great. Yeah. That would be very right nice. Right on the beach. That's, yeah. that's, my, that's where I'm going to go. Cool. I'm going to hibernate. All right. So you'll have to come visit me in Hilton Head. <laughs> oh, is that where you're going? <laughs> that's where I want to go. <laughs> I mean, there's condos left there, Caroline. You could uh in Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I can set up a referral. Oh, nice. And nice. So you to, probably get yeah. a kickback out of mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it. Do they, do they take dogs? That's like the important part. I don't have to get you back to you on that. You need to know this. Well, I'm the one living there, but I have dogs. So I'm not going to take them. Oh, you're going to like go there go back and, come and forth. Back. Go back and forth. Yes. Okay. All yes. right. I got it. Okay. I mean. But you're not going to take them with you when you go? I have three golden retrievers. I know. It's like a one bedroom condo. Uh, uh, okay. I mean, I might. <laughs> but we fly there. <laughs> we those babies that long? No. We get them. We take them somewhere nice. Okay. But. No, we do too. We, um, the flight we get is like a. Straight flight there. Ooh, that's it's nice. Through Allegiant Airline. That's super nice. It's like less than $100 a flight. That's why we Ooh, chose that area. There you go. So we can just hop on a plane, spend a couple of days there, come back. Okay, I got it. So just whenever you want. Whenever I want to. Nice. Whenever I'm getting those winter blues, I'm just going to hop on the plane. Nice. Okay. All right. So where can listeners connect with you online if they have questions for you or would like you to be their realtor if they're well, in the Southern Indi- Indiana area? So if you find me on Facebook, my last name is Y-E-H, Kayla, K-A-Y-L-A. I have a, the Yay team is my team name. Um, That's so yeah. awesome. I love that. Every time I see it, it makes Yay! me smile. It's like, the Yay team. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people think my name is Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was trying to do the logo like the, you know, the A team. Mm-hmm. So I originally had my logo as the Yay team, but it looked like the A team, but no one got it mm-hmm. except for older people. <laughs> so I'm like, well, this and sucks. Me. <laughs> like, so I ended up changing it. But that's kind of what what I was like mm-hmm. trying to like copy after a little bit, I guess. But uh, yeah, so go to my Facebook. Um, I have Instagram, Facebook. I have a website. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think it's. I have to go to my Facebook to figure that out. <laughs> to figure that it's out. It's like kea at kw dot com or something like that. All right. But Caroline will put that. Oh, I will put it. Yeah, in the she'll show put notes that, and yeah. I'll put it up. Yeah, she'll yeah, do that up on my website, so you can get. <laughs> A hold of Kayla anytime you want to. That's All right. right. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me so much. Can't decide what to read next? You're in the right place. It's time for Writer's Reading Recs. I have author Nicole Kristoff here, and we are going to do some Writer's Reading Recommendations. Hi, Nicole. Hi. All right. We are going to talk about what, what is your favorite book right now and tell us why, um, 
explain about the book a little bit without spoilers, hopefully, and tell us why you love it. Oh, yeah. I recently read The Family Plot by Megan Collins, and I loved it. It's a book about a young woman who was raised on a remote island uh, by a family who honors murder victims, and she thinks that's the way everybody is, that you celebrate the lives of people who were taken too early. And she goes home to this desert island, uh, to this island, uh, because her father's passed away. And that's where she discovers someone else is buried in her father's grave. And it's full of suspense and um, the dialogue is sharp and it's just a real page turner with lots of twists and turns. And I just, I loved it. I loved it. It's the family plot by Megan Collins. Is it categorized as a mystery or is it psychological suspense or what, what kind of genre? I kind of didn't pay too much attention to that, to, to be honest. <laughs> um, it is a mystery um, for sure. And uh, there is a, uh, a big level of uh, psychological, high level of psychological ex- uh, suspense in it. For right. sure. Any romance? Maybe, maybe a hint. Maybe a hint, okay. All right. So, and this book is, how old is this book? Is it a new release? Uh, uh, this came out, I believe, in the fall of 2021. So it's oh. uh, not terribly old. Yeah. Okay. So where can we find this? Um, you can you can find it absolutely everywhere. Um, your your favorite uh, 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 major chain bookstore, independent bookstore. Um, definitely order it online. Um, uh, I believe there's an audiobook version if you like to crank up a, a good novel while you're um, washing the dishes or folding the laundry or uh, going for a run. Um, and uh, there's electronic versions of it for any kind of e-reader that you've got and uh, uh, good old paper paperback to hold in your hand too. All right. So what version did you read or listen to? I actually downloaded it uh, onto my Kindle so I could kind of, you know, kick back and, you know, um, uh, take it with me, you know, shove the shove the Kindle in my bag, uh, whether I'm on the road, you know, going to visit my mom or, or whatnot. And, uh, but I got to tell you, I, I, I blew through it in, in a weekend. It was just so good. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, definitely a good book. So, so do you generally use a Kindle? Like what, what is an author, what does an author like to, like to read on? Or I like every, I got to say, I like everything. I'm not, um, I, I know there are people who say they, you know, they like the feel of a, uh, you know, of a hardback, they like the feel of a, of a paperback. Um, you know, I think, uh, and sometimes I'll have, you know, the paperback going at my bedside and the Kindle going with me, you know, if I'm on the road um, of the same, you know, download of the same book um, oh, okay. to switch back and forth. Um, sometimes that works or, or sometimes I've been known to even, um, you know, I've, I've got the, I've got the Kindle that I'm reading, but also I'm listening to the audio, uh, you know, while I'm walking the dogs or something like that. So I, I kind of like to, to layer it up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, hardback paperback, um, ebook, uh, audiobook version. I kind of layer those. So. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. When ebooks became very popular, I kind of just went straight for those. I was done with hardbacks and paperbacks of all kinds, but then I guess I read so many on the e-reader. I kind of like, then I had one book that I guess maybe wasn't an ebook or something like that. And I picked up a, a real book and I was like, Oh, I forgot how fun a real book was. <laughs> 
And I do a lot of reading on vacation. It's mm. just any vacation. And when I do that, I'll, I'll actually want a real book because like, especially at the beach or I do a lot of reading outside. I don't, for whatever reason, I mean, for, for reasons that I don't want to mess up my, my uh, tablet, I don't right. want to take it outside to the beach or I don't want to just, you know, have it outside or it glares, you know, outside or whatever. But um, I've kind of gone back to, you know, paper print books, but then, and, and I was very against audiobooks because I felt like I, I always, you know, kind of tune out um, if I'm, if I'm doing something else, I mean, I'm not just going to sit down and listen to an audiobook, but you know, for fear that I would tune out and, and miss chunks of it. But when I'm driving, especially if yes. I'm, you know, on, on a fairly decent long road trip, I have got to have that audiobook, and it makes the time go by just in a, in a snap. It's, yes. I, I absolutely love it. I cannot take a, a road trip now without an audiobook. Yes, yes. And Harlan Coben, unfortunately, has made me miss my exit more than once. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because his books are so good. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I do layer and maybe maybe I'm listening to um, the audio book in the car and then reading the book, um, you know, before bed at my destination or mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Nicole. Thanks for being on here and doing your reading recommendation as, as well as your method of reading recommendation. We'll see. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Today on the podcast, I have USA Today bestselling author Carolyn Ritter Aspenson. She writes cozy mysteries, thrillers, and paranormal women's fiction featuring strong female leads. She, prior to publishing, she worked as a journalist in the suburbs of Atlanta, where her work appeared in multiple newspapers and magazines. Writing is only one of Carolyn's passions. She's an avid dog lover and currently babies two pit bull boxer mixes. She lives in the mountains of North Georgia, and she's an empty nester, and she lives with her husband, a cantankerous cat, and those two spoiled dogs. Carolyn, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right. So Carolyn and I have known each other a really long time. We like when we were both first starting our writing careers was kind of around the same time. And uh, it, it was, uh, let's see, we met through our publicist, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We both um, had a publicist that was just starting out and, you know, she kind of banded all of us authors in her little group together. And so we all kind of got to know each other and, um, Carolyn helped me get my latest writing gig. So that's pretty exciting. Thank you again. <laughs> Anytime. I'm glad All you're right. doing it. <clears throat> so the first thing we're going to talk, I mean, Carolyn can do a lot of things, but the thing we're going to talk about today is writing. So now that I've said, you know, we both kind of started around the same time, I'm going to ask you for real, how and when did you get into writing? Oh, goodness. Okay. So I have always wanted to be a writer. Um, I didn't know exactly what that meant. And I went to college for journalism decided and, and criminal justice, decided not to go that route and ended up in a field that had nothing to do with writing. And it was fine. I did great. I, I preferred having a paycheck over the risk of not making any money, you know, from, from a book. Um, but then my mom died and I decided I wanted to write a book to honor her. I might get a little emotional here, so I apologize. Um, I wanted people to see what, who she was to me and who she, what they missed out on with her, not knowing her. 
So I started, I thought I needed some street cred. So I started writing for the newspapers in town. And then I got a magazine article that was a monthly article for me in a, in a women's magazine out here. And that kind of snowballed. And I did a lot of freelance work and did some ghost book writing, mostly business things. And I finally finished that book. And I gave it to a friend of mine who was an editor for one of the top five publishers and said, just look at this. Just tell me if you think I have something here or if I really shouldn't be writing at all. And she read it overnight and called me and said, you need to get this published. And so I tried and I tried and I tried and I couldn't get anyone to get it, to take it. And um, so I self-published it and then it ended up in the top 100 on Amazon. And one of it was published through Amazon's one of their um, imprints. And then it just took off from there. And now I'm 35, 36 books in from that 2000. And I think it all started in 2011. So when I began the process. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that Carolyn has written a gazillion books in a very short amount of time. It boggles my mind. <laughs> I have no life. I have no life. I live in the mountains. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. I mean, to live in the mountains and be a writer is like everybody's dream, right? <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. It's working out. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I feel like you kind of started your full-time writing career later in life, like on the wrong side of 40, as I would say. Um, so was it scary or fun or how was it to embark kind of on a new career as, as an adult that had already kind of had a career, you know, in something else and to kind of change gears and have this new thing? Um, I was 46, I believe when I actually started writing, no, that can't be true. Yeah. Maybe 46. And, um, I wasn't working. I was staying at home with my kids because my, my husband worked full-time and traveled a lot. And I was very blessed to be able to do that. I'm not complaining, but I was bored. So I tried different things. I tried selling jewelry. I, you know, I was the team mom on all the sports. I, um, I volunteered with the Humane Society, which was a horrible experience because I was depressed. I couldn't keep every dog that I fostered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, it was a good experience. Um, so I was ready to do something. I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about the publishing world. Um, I published my first book after having it edited, thinking that was the route to go, not knowing that editing didn't include proofreading. So that went over real well. <laughs> and a friend read the book online and said, great book, but it needs a little work. And I, okay. So she did, she was a, a proofreader. So she did it. So I learned a lot, which made the process more fun for me, I think, because it, my mind was really going and I got really into what I was learning. It was scary, but I was lucky enough to have somebody at home that said, do whatever you want to do. I support whatever you do. And my kids were in school all day. So I had the time to do it. I didn't have to sneak time in, you know, in the middle of the night or whatever. Um, but it, it was, it was a big change. And I didn't know that I was going to write more books after that. The first book ended with a bit of a cliffhanger and not even intentionally. That's just how, that's how the book ended. And I thought, well, I can't just end it like that. So book two came and then book one did so well that book two sold well. And then it just kind of spiraled out of that. And, um, before I knew it, people were calling me an author, which was 
very strange. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, that sounds, you know, a lot like my story, you know, stay at home and your husband said, go for it. And yeah, I, that's, that's cool. I mean, I, the more people that I interview for this podcast, the more I find out like, oh, well, we have this in common. We have this in common. We have this in common. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so when, when you were starting out, I mean, there wasn't a lot of information on the internet or, or really anywhere to, to be able to know how to be a self-published author. And I think we got in kind of almost on the ground floor of mm-hmm. that, which was great. And it was really good for book sales. Now I think the market is completely saturated with self-publishing exactly. and there's, yes, there's a lot of, you know, information out there how to do it. So did you, you said you, you know, you had your editor, but not a proofreader. How did you pull all these people together you know, to like your team? Um, so I, I, I just looked, I mean, I spent hours on the internet researching everything I could. And I had that big manual of different, you know, people associated with the writing world, editors and things like that. And I started Googling them and I found an editor that no longer worked in, um, publishing. So she was doing it freelance on her, you know, just on her own. So that was who edited my book. And like I said, she did, she edited only for, you know, consistency. So when she returned the book to me and said, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this book. I think it's great. I thought, wow, I don't have one typo. (laughs) (laughs) Did not know, but um, I did a lot of search. And then there were several Facebook, Facebook groups that kind of pulled in, I pulled information from, and I'm not, I'm not in any of those groups anymore because I marketed my book differently then and in a different genre than I'm actually was writing in. So that, that kind of made a difference, but not then, then it was just, here's how you do it. And I watched videos about Amazon and, you know, that was long before that was a couple of years before KDP and the, and Kindle unlimited came around. So you were only selling books. And I had them on Amazon and I had them on Barnes and Noble, which I did pretty well on in the beginning. And then I got them on Apple and then KU came around Kindle Unlimited. And I, I dove right into that um, because of the page read option. So, but I, it was a lot of sitting on the internet and finding who I could and then, you know, begging for cheap services because I felt guilty doing this, not knowing if I would be successful and taking money you know, from the family to start my career, you know, when I just felt guilty, <laughs> I felt guilty, sure. but I, it, it worked. worked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you, you think that like, it's free to, you know, publish your book out on Amazon, but it's all the stuff that you got to do beforehand, all the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the proofreading that you got to pay for. You can't, I mean, you, you can proofread your own stuff up to a point where you have practically have it memorized and you don't know where the typos are anymore because you've seen them too many times yeah. and they become, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, um, I just figured out today, um, for my self-published books, it cost me about 1500 bucks a book to publish because of my covers, my editing, my, um, copy editing, and then my proofreading. I do it all with those books now. So it's, it's not cheap to get that all done. And, you know, the price of a Kindle book is pretty low (laughs) for self-published authors. So making that money back can be tough, but, um, but it's, it's been, it's been a good experience. Yeah. Good. 
I think I was just trying to give, you know, if anybody's out there listening and, you know, wanting to start into self-publishing, um, it's, it's a great thing to get into, but it, it will, it'll cost you a ton of time and not a ton of money, but you know, you got a little, you got to have a little money in the game. Otherwise you're not going to have a great product that'll sell. Yeah, there's, there's a little money that goes into it, but the, the most important thing you can do is write a good book Oh yeah. and then yeah, write the good book and then do a little bit of marketing, you know, get word of mouth out there and you can do it and sell your book. Well, if you write a good book, like you did, I mean, you wrote a great book. So okay. your first book was great. Thank you. So that's all you had to do. And look, look what happened to you with it. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so we're both now writing books with Severn River Publishing. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I'm just starting out. You, you've been with them for a while, but I'm, I'm really excited, excited to start out. Um, and I, for me, I love the, I don't have to come up with the cover art. I don't have to come up with the, um, you know, the blurb on the back of the cover, you know, I, that to me is like such a time saver. I don't know if that's, you know, the same for you, but. Yeah, it was, it was a big load off of my shoulders to, to go with a publisher and they, they went through all of, I had all of my books except my Angela series with them initially. And they went through them all and, you know, added, updated the corrections and made, prettied up the files and things. And they made these wonderful new covers and changed the blurbs to make them great. And they, they are very easy to work with, but I think the best thing about going with them is for example, my new series, which is the Rachel Ryder series. I work with an editor to develop the story and because it was a brand new series and we did, you know, he, I, he was, worked on the outline with me and he said, okay, send me what you have for an outline. So I sent him my three page outline and he wrote back and said, where's the rest? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, he said, he said, I want chapter by chapter. Well, I have never done that before. I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. So I had to sit there and I wrote a 39 page outline for my first book. Oh my! And, yeah. And I, I mean, I was, I was so stressed out about it because I've never done that. You're basically writing the book, you know, just in a summarized chapter by chapter, but I got it to him and we had calls and we did, you know, had email and it was a really good story because of what he did for it, you know, how he helped me with it. And then the copy editing really cleaned it up and everybody that read it, that was family or friends. They, they, I was finally an author in their eyes, you know, and, um, didn't, didn't not help that he was an editor for Harlan Coben and some other big names. So, you know, that was very helpful, but it really polished up my writing working with him and working with the content editor um, or the copy editor. So uh, I've learned so much just from, from that series that I'm applying it to my other books now too. So it's a big difference in my writing style. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I know that I'm going to work with the development editor, um, upcoming. And now I know, I think I'm going to have to have a longer, (laughs) obviously a longer um, outline than I had originally intended. (laughs) I haven't started writing anything. I mean, I've got the idea in my head and all that, but I haven't actually Mm -hmm. started writing anything, but that that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah. It, um, it was a little surprising to me. I had no idea. And, and, but it, like I said, it was hard at first, but it is so much better for me for my books now makes a big difference. I still go off, off the outline, but I can, I can get myself back to it. So. 
Well, if you haven't read the first Rachel Ryder book, it is amazing. And I mean, it was so tight. It was, I mean, and that's, that's, that's the editing. <laughs> there you go. But I don't know. I mean, but your writing is always good and I always love it. But this one was just like, it was tight. Thank you. Yeah, it, um, it was a great experience working with them. It's been a great experience working with them. And I'm, I'm loving writing that series. Well, good. Well, I mean, it shows, it shows it's a really good okay. series. Thank you. All right. So now that, now that we've done the compliment section, of the <laughs> all right, we're going to go back around because I mean, Carolyn and I have kind of been around the block with, um, you know, like, um, readers and, you know, people that have done reviews and stuff like that. So not all reviews are great. Even if your book is great, somebody's going to be having a bad day and go on Amazon and be like, this book was the worst thing I've ever read, blah, blah, blah. So knowing that happens all the time and it, it, you know, sometimes it just hits somebody wrong and not everybody book is for everybody, right? Not at all. So what's the best insult and or bad review that you've received that either, either made you laugh or made you proud of what you did? Like, oh no, I intended it to be like that. And the fact that you didn't like that, you know, is, is funny because I love it. Okay. I have two, um, well, two different, three different reviews. Um, first of all, I would recommend to any new writer not to read the reviews, but I know oh, they're all no, going to no. do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can crush you, but the, the good ones can be awesome. So the first one was I had a review of um, a, a book, a series called the Pooch Party series. And it's about a woman who, it's a cozy mystery series. And she res- she works at a rescue animal shelter and trains dogs and helps get them adopted. And she's a widow. She doesn't have a very, a very she's not overly friendly. She kind of struggles with people because she prefers dogs. All of my other books, the, the women are strong characters who like to be around people. They have good relationships. She's a little different. So the first complaint was, Missy was boring and bland. Oh no. <laughs> That's exact, you know, that wasn't exactly how I wanted to make her, but the point was I wanted her to be less, I want her to grow to be somebody that became stronger because of what she was doing. So in the first book, she was kind of shy and kind of intimidated. And that's what I was going for. I didn't want her to be boring and bland, but the other reviews did say things like, you know, she grew in the book and she became more outspoken and found herself. And that's what I was going for. Um, But boring and bland kind of just, it just made me laugh. I thought, well, okay. (laughs) my favorite reviews, though, are when uh, when readers tell me something that I know and they tell me I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of research for my books. I have a DEA agent who um, I am very good friends with who works with me. I have a major with public safety or he works for the governor. So he trains all the police. He was, you know, he's been in, in police work for years. I know people that know what they're talking about. And I try to make my books, you know, true to the, yes. to the, and to they the are, they're subject. good. Yeah. Thanks. You can tell you research. Um, one of my recent books for Rachel Ryder was about, uh, drugs in the Chicago, in the schools here, not in Chicago, um, in the schools <laughs> here with, um, the Mexican cartel. And one of the, and the, 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 the books are based in North Georgia. Everything's based in North Georgia. So one reviewer said, I know that there's drugs in the schools in North Georgia, but the Mexican cartel, no. And I just laughed because my DE agent 
DEA agent drove me past their homes in my brother's golf community where they have busted these guys. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they are in the North Georgia suburbs and that just made me laugh. And then I had another one where under book were cowgloos and um, was walking down the street. And this woman said, I, you know, I've lived in North Georgia and the farmers are very particular about their, their, their livestock and they don't, they don't get loose. Well, every fence breaks down at one point or another. And I was driving to pick up my kids at school one day and standing in the middle of the road at the top of the hill was a cow. So I got out there and I'm like, here cow, here, you know, I'm, I'm literally standing at the top of a hill trying to chew this cow back to his fence. And then we had another cow that went 10 miles, walked 10 miles through town all over Facebook. They were reporting, you know, <laughs> Stella's at, at this subdivision. So it happens. And I just laugh because people, they think that writers don't research and they don't, you know, they don't have a handle on what they're doing, but everything I write has some element of truth to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's yeah. funny that that's the one thing they pick on uh, uh, the whole book. Like it, it, it couldn't have been more than like a couple of lines. I know. One it was literally. random scene. <laughs> like that was the th- like that's your takeaway yeah. from my entire book yeah. is that there was a exactly. cow. Yeah. And you, nothing you know, about the mystery, nothing about okay. the characters, just that the cow would never get out of the out of the no. fence. Because you know every <laughs> farmer in North Georgia. <laughs> and their fences are all in- <laughs> <I know. laughs> So those are the, the biggest things. You know, I I get the slams where I can't write, my punctuation and grammar are horrible. Um, but you know what? I don't care because I'm not going to please everybody. And my books, I'm more confident in my writing now. So I feel pretty good about my books mm-hmm. and not everyone's going to like them. And that's Your okay. books have lovely punctuation, spelling <laughs> and grammar, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is like asking you to choose your favorite child, but who is your favorite heroine book heroine that you have written? Cause I know most of these people. So I'd be interested to know what you think. Okay. So out of my books, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Angela Panther is very close to my heart because mm-hmm. I wrote that first book based on the time between my mother passed and my dad passed. So everything that Angela was going through, other than the fact that she could see ghosts because I don't see ghosts. Uh, I think I do it late at night, but generally I don't. Um, <laughs> she, she is what I went through, what she went through with my, my, the time between my parents dying. So, and she has a lot of me in her. She's very snarky. She does hold back. She's not afraid of anything. She will um, stick her nose where it doesn't belong. And she has a genuinely good heart. So I like her because she takes risks, stupid risks that get her in trouble. And I know I've had some readers complain about that, but she grows from her risks and that's important. And she does, she does what nobody else is going to do because she thinks it's the right thing. So her heart is in the good place. Um, and she's aging along with me, which I really, I really, it's easy for me to write her. I was, and I'll make this a quick example. I'm dictating now instead of typing because of an injury. Mm-hmm. And I was working on my recent, my newest Angela book. 
And I, on my Fitbit, it told me I had worked out for 20 minutes and then I took a break and then I worked out again for 20 minutes because I, I dictate in spurts. So writing Angela, I can just, I pace around the house really fast because she's so easy to write. And then I did my Rachel book and I did a 20 minutes, um, you know, the writing sprint and it, <laughs> my Fitbit said, nope, you, you did nothing. <laughs> and oh, no. Even though I was walking, it was so slow. And I stopped to think about my character and what I needed to say, but Angela, I can rattle off her stuff, you know, from the, in minutes. So she's my favorite. Yeah. Sorry to the rest of them, but she's my favorite. Honestly, um, she's my favorite too. Out of, out of all of yours. <laughs> I do like Rachel though. She's so like tough as nails. Yeah, uh, she is. Like, like she's my wannabe. Yeah. I, I you know, like kind of like I'm more like her. And and what's funny is like when I read a book, I'm always the main character, of course. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but when I read Angela Panther, you are the main character and I cannot get it out of my head. And I can't That's be the main funny. character because she reminds me so much of you that I'm just like it's Caroline. I have I have a Lauren's high school that that book and that read that series and they said oh my god I'm reading about I'm reading you I'm yeah. like well I don't I don't see ghosts I promise you I don't see ghosts <laughs> but otherwise yeah you're pretty it's pretty close yeah all right so outside of writing what is your biggest passion it depends on the day um I'm very type a so first and foremost it's my family sure. you know I'm very I mean I try very hard to stay connected to my family and, and, you know, I'm that I'm a, I'm not a tiger mom, but you don't mess with my kids kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They're all adults and out of the house now, but I don't care. I'll still, you know, defend them. Um, but really it's, I mean, I'm, I used to be a heavy into working out. I don't do that as much anymore because I damaged my body doing that. Um, so I've had to kind of switch, you know, what I do. Um, and right now I'm, my passion is just being happy. And I'm, I mean, that sounds silly, but I, nope. I have a great life. I have a great life. I have great kids. I have a fantastic husband. We live in this beautiful house with this gorgeous view and, you know, you have to decide to be happy. And I wasn't unhappy in any way, but I just realized I'm pretty lucky. And so I just enjoy everything I can about every day, even if it's sitting on the couch and watching general hospital, which I still do. Um, <laughs> I used to watch it like faithfully in college and then just after it, but when it, did it go off the air or was it the other no, one? No, it, it stayed on the other it two. On on. Okay. Well, I guess I kind of lost interest. And when I got a full-time job, I didn't have time to like sit as much and watch or yeah. record it and watch it later. You know, when you have kids, you don't always get to watch your TV program. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, oh yeah, I miss general hospital. <laughs> I'll just start watching it again. <laughs> You can watch it for five minutes and you're caught up after 20 years. So, you know, you know. I imagine that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I just, I mean, my goal is to just enjoy my life and not take it for granted. And I'm working on my health again, which I, during COVID, I supported every takeout rest I could. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, I watched, yeah, I watched my cholesterol skyrocket. So I'm trying to get back into, you know, healthy on the inside. And part of that is focusing on things that make me happy. And that's just appreciating everything. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. And so my passion right now, is, you know, one day, it's, wow, I appreciate this sunset and it's beautiful. And then the next day it's, you know, I really appreciate that my dog is not sick anymore. You know, I mean, it sounds silly, but I, I focus on something that makes me happy that day. That's good. That's a very good 
you know, reason for getting up in the morning on the wrong side of 40, you know, you could worry about how your body's not doing what you want it to, or you could be the other way and be happy that it still does the things you'd like, you know? My, my brother-in-law is a doctor and he said a long time ago, he said, you will be the best fit, the best in the best physical condition and the best looking ever in your life at 35. And from there it's downhill. Oh my. <laughs> I thought, 35, you know, and yeah. And I hit 40 and I cried. I bawled oh. my eyes out. Yeah. It was awful. I dyed my hair really dark Brown, which was not a good look. And I cried and it was because I thought, what have I done with my life? You know, I'm 40 years old. I'm old now, you know, <laughs> now I'm 55 and I'm like, Hey, 40 was pretty young, but, um, I went into menopause early. And so I realized it, I think, I think I went into it at 46 and I, I realized that my, my brother-in-law was right. It just, it, it's your whole body changes. And I had a doctor that told me, and I'll try and make this quick. She said, um, when God created people or, or the universe created people, created people, whatever you believe, they were designed to live only a short life. And Mm -hmm. women typically died at about 35 years old. Once their reproductive systems were done working, their body went, okay, we're done. And they died. But modern medicine came along and people started living longer. And she said, technically your body, now that you're in menopause, thinks you should be dead. (laughs) (laughs) But it made sense. You know, the, the part of the body that the woman is designed to use most effectively is her, you know, her uterus and her ovaries. And then when that doesn't work anymore, everything else kind of gets messed up. And so that's, that's been a fun process, learning the different changes and going through all that. But after 40, I realized that life wasn't so bad and I was doing a lot better than that 40th birthday made me feel like I was doing. Sure. Well, good. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on and talk about you know, good things after 40. <laughs> <laughs> there are some, there's there oh, definitely, yes, some. Definitely, definitely a lot. <laughs> so, all right, well, now it's time for our lightning round. So okay. I will say something and you will just say what pops into your mind. What oh, is, yeah. oh, oh no. <laughs> can this be R-rated? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you can say what you want. I can just put a little E on there and uh, it'll be fine. Okay. All right, what is your favorite guilty pleasure? Mexican food best thing about being an author? Oh, pass. <laughs> pass, pass. You can't pass. <laughs> um, All right. You've talked uh, about looking, being an author for you know 30 minutes. So I'll give you a pass on that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Worst thing about being an author. Money. All right. Favorite Lack childhood of. TV show love boat <laughs> oh I love the love boat <laughs> that was so fun. all right current binge series or current favorite series I just watched Bridgerton oh is so, it good there's a lot of sex in there I watched it alone <laughs> and I was a little uncomfortable um but it wasn't bad but I, it was definitely r-rated so but it wasn't bad all right all right so the best thing I think we probably already talked about this stuff the best thing about being on the wrong side of 40 
actually it's that I don't give a crap what anybody thinks anymore. Hey, nice. (laughs) (laughs) And not, and maybe you're already there, but where do you want to retire? I want to retire in Italy. Um, but that's a discussion. My, yeah, my husband and I toy back and forth with that. We're, we're talking about staying here and having an additional home in Italy. So we'll see. Very nice. So where in Italy? Uh, around Ischia, which is outside, it's an island off of Naples. Ooh, it's nice, beautiful. Nice, nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. My daughter and I are going with the, her high school on a trip and Venice is one of the stops, oh. Venice, Switzerland and Paris in a couple of weeks. So we're getting ready to go over there. I'm pretty excited. We were going to go to Lake Como, which would have been so pretty. Like I was so excited yeah. about that, but there's like the yeah. road is closed to Lake Como and so we can't go. <laughs> Well, remind me to tell you about some of the stuff in um, in Venice to go to, um, some of the areas to go to. All right, cool. We'll talk on the side. All right. So tell me where listeners can connect with you online and find you. I'm on Facebook, um, Carolyn Ritter Aspenson, author. And um, I post mostly about my books and my dogs and my view there. I'm also on Instagram. It's Carolyn Ritter Aspenson. And there I do some book marketing, but mostly I post about my dogs <laughs> and, my and the bears on your front porch. I'm looking forward to them coming back. So as long as they're outside, um, but, and then I have a website, carolynritteraspenson.com. I'm not on TikTok. I refuse to do videos of myself. Dancing. <laughs> um, and I'm not on Twitter. Uh, so really those are the two places that I, that I connect. I'm on Goodreads. You know, I don't do a lot on there. I have a, a Pinterest account. I don't do much on there, but Facebook and Instagram seem to be the big places for me. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. I appreciate it. Thanks. This was fun. I appreciate you having me. Looking for beauty and style tips that actually work for us on the wrong side of 40? Look no further. We've got beauty not so basics with Jennifer. Bringing us some beauty tips today is one of my besties, Jennifer Vincent. She is my personal makeup guru. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, one time we went in Ulta and I said, I have no makeup. Make me have makeup. Yeah. And she did. <laughs> 20 minutes later, yeah, we I, had a bag of makeup. We did have it. That was a big bag of makeup too. And then <laughs> my daughter stole it all. And now I, again, have no makeup. For sure. <laughs> that happens. So anyway, uh, today she is going to tell us about some makeup that seems high end and works like high end makeup, but it's actually affordable. So what? Yes. What do you have to tell us? <laughs> well, I used to use MAC eyeshadow. And... It's expensive. And I, you know, I bought it a few times, but I love it because it's so pigmented. But every time I would spend $25 on a small thing of eyeshadow, it would just kill me. And I'm like, I've got to find something that has that pigment, that same pigment in it, but that is not $25. So I did some research and I found a brand called ColourPop. And you can buy this at Ulta. Or you can actually order straight from the website. They do sales almost every day. Coupons, certain percentages off, free shipping. It's like $6. Oh, and wow. I use what's called the Super Shock Shadow. And it, it has, it's kind of glittery. But yes, it yours, is. Yours is always glittery. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I have a thing with glitter. I don't know. It's, it's just my jam. But um, <laughs> I love the Super Shock Shadow by ColourPop. And I have like every color. And like I said, it's, it lasts all day. It doesn't, I don't 
it doesn't fall. You know how like Mm -hmm. some shadows will just kind of fall on your face and Mm -hmm. your whole face is glitter by the end of the day. Sure, yeah. I don't have that with this. Oh, that's nice. Um, But it has the same pigment as like a MAC eyeshadow. Nice. And different colors. I love it. So that's that's my go-to eyeshadow. All right. All right. And I know the other day we were talking about (laughs) she did my makeup for the headshots that she ended up shooting um, for me because I have no idea I would put (laughs) if I were to put on makeup the only like you know thing I've ever done with it was back in fifth grade when we had blue eyeshadow you know and I would put the blue and then I would put like the 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 nude color up top that was just kind of shimmery and um yeah I looked like an 80s yeah that was the thing though I know that's true I did blue eyeshadow that was that's just what you did yeah that is what you did back then but you know she's got all these little like like put, put dark here, put light here and, and just makes your eyes pop. And I'm like, I don't understand the science of this. <laughs> yeah. You're like, can you come do my makeup every day? Exactly. Just come to my house every morning. And I'm not as good as Jenna, my 17 year old. She watches all these YouTube videos mm-hmm. and she knows how to highlight and contour. And, oh, yeah. you know, she has more makeup than I do. Oh, for real. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that is crazy. That I find that crazy. You know. But like my daughter, yeah, I mean, I was no use to her in the any makeup, you know, like you know, like showing her how to use it or whatever. So she's just like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to learn it on the internet, and she's yeah. just taking it and run with it. Yeah, yeah, that's how Jenna. I mean, for me, I don't have twenty. 30 minutes to put makeup on every day. Like I need, although you look like you have spent time. I mean, no, I, I, I honestly, know. <laughs> it, it looks great. But seriously, like if I spend 10 minutes on my makeup, you know, that's, that's a lot. I try oh, to, okay. Well, you know, I mean, I could, I could handle five minutes, giving up five minutes to do makeup, but yeah. So yeah. So the, anyway, ColourPop, um, super shock shadow. You can buy it at Ulta. You can get it, uh, online. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if, I don't think Walmart or Target has it, but, um, those are that. So that's my go-to. And then as far as like, I, there's a mascara that I have just fell in love with and it is, um, by Maybelline. It is called Falsies Lash Lift and it's literally like $5 at Walmart. Nice. I think you can get it at Target. I'm pretty sure you can get it at Ulta. You'll probably pay a little more if you get it at Ulta, um, unless you can find a coupon, but, um, it just gives your lashes like fullness and length and it makes you look like you have false eyelashes on. But now, do you have false you know. ones on today or is that your eyelashes? No, the, well, yes. And yes, I okay. put some on, okay. um, oh, be, because I have this, so I'm going to like over overshare. Here. Yeah, like <laughs> overshare. Um, I can not like not pick my eyelashes. Oh, okay. So it is, the worst a nervous habit. habit. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if it's just like I get mascara on my eyelashes and I just pick at them. Okay. And it's only at night, like when I'm watching TV or whatever, I just pick my eyelashes. But if I put on eyelashes, I don't touch them. Oh, okay. So well, that's good. I'll do spells where like I'll put eyelashes on so that I don't mess with them so that I can let my other eyelashes like grow back yeah okay well like putting fake nails on so you won't bite your nails exactly so but I don't I don't do it every day but I'm trying to use them more just Mm -hmm. so that I will leave my eyelashes alone and break hopefully break the habit we'll see if that works 
I'll have to get back with you on that. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so the Maybelline um, Falsies Lash Lift, I love, love, love it. All right. Well, I know this this segment wasn't maybe the most interesting for you guys out there, but you know, maybe you know someone that needs some high-end like mascara and <laughs> eyeshadow that just, you know, you could just tell them, hey, you heard it here. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please show us some love. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review Wrong Side of 40 wherever you get your podcasts. Next week's guests will be Jean Knight-Pace and Jennifer Vinson, and we'll talk about everything from book cover design to intermittent fasting. Come back next time to hang out with me on the Wrong Side of 40. To get more information on the topics we discussed today, including product links and discount codes, visit carolinefardig.com slash wrongside of 40. That's carolinefardig.com slash wrongside of 40. For behind the scenes photos and videos, follow at wrongside of 40 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, you awesome Gen Xers. Yeah.